This episode of Eat the Rules is brought to you by You on Fire. You on Fire is the online group coaching program that I run that gives you a step-by-step way of building up your self-worth beyond your appearance. With personalized coaching from me, incredible community support, and lifetime access to the program so that you can get free from body shame and live life on your own terms. Get details on what's included and sign up for the next cycle at summerinandin.com forward slash you on fire. I'd love to have you in that group. This is Eat the Rules, a podcast about body image, self-worth, anti-dieting, and intersectional feminism. I am your host, Summer Inanin, a professionally trained coach specializing in body image, self-worth, and confidence, and the best-selling author of Body Image Remix. If you're ready to break free of societal standards and stop living behind the number on your scale, then you have come to the right place. Welcome to the show. This is part one of episode 212, and it's a special episode because I'm catching up with four incredible women who I've had the absolute pleasure of working with over the last year or prior to that. And they are here today to share their stories with you, and I know it's going to resonate. I am so excited for this episode. This is the You on Fire Spotlight series, and you can find the links mentioned in this episode at Summer in in.com forward slash 212. Before we get started, I just want to give a shout out to Falbalia, who left this awesome review. Bravo for your exceptional podcast. I listen to every episode with great interest. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. If you haven't already done so, you can leave a review by going to iTunes, search for Eat the Rules, then click ratings and reviews and click to leave a review or give it a rating. You can also subscribe to this show via iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or YouTube or whatever platform you use. And that helps other people to find the information that you're learning here too. If you haven't already done so, make sure you grab the free 10-day body confidence makeover at summerinandin.com forward slash freebies with 10 steps to take right now to feel better in your body. Every six months, I do one of these episodes and it's an opportunity for me to catch up with some of the incredible women that I get to work with on a daily basis. And it's an opportunity for you to hear people's stories who are similar to you. I have a lot of people on the podcast who are experts in different subjects And it's really nice to kind of hear people who are, you know, your friends, your neighbors, your, your therapist, your teacher, you know, people, your coworkers, people who are like that, the normies, as we call them, (laughs) normal people, and hear about, you know, how they were really able to change their relationship with food and, and their body and give you evidence and hope that it really is possible and that things are actually so much better on the other side. And it's also an opportunity for you to just, you know, hear a glimpse of what it's like to work with me as well. You on Fire is my online group coaching program. It's like the best. (laughs) That's if I had to say anything about it. It is a program dedicated to giving you a step-by-step way of building up your self-worth beyond your gene size. And it's really a way for you to know who you are and know that who you are is valuable and worthy beyond how you look. And so that you can feel more comfortable in your body so that you can look in the mirror and be like, hey, there I am. All right. 
I'm okay with this <laughs> and really learn how to navigate moments of body shame and self doubt and stuff that just happens in our lives. Stuff you learn in You on Fire are tools and techniques that you can use for the rest of your life. I think that's why I love it so much because we're always going to have self doubt. We're always going to have fear. We're always going to have like little struggles with confidence. And the things that I teach in this program and the things that we work on really are things that you can use. They go so far beyond just your body image. It's really about learning how to turn down that hypercritical voice in your head, learning how to live your life free of societal expectations, learning how to know who you are and know your values and live your life in alignment to them, know your purpose and know what really gives you a sense of fulfillment, learn how to stop caring so much about what other people think and be able to, you know, speak up and enjoy social occasions more, learn how to just be more compassionate and kind to yourself, the voice that you use on other people, learn how to actually cultivate that authentically within you so that you're not an asshole to yourself anymore. <laughs> and you can see a mirror reflection of yourself or see yourself in a picture and be totally okay with it. And just have so much more mental space to be you and fully experience the life that's in front of you. The majority of people I work with have been chronic dieters for decades and they're done with it. And they know that there has to be another way. And even though that other way feels terrifying and kind of like, oh, I don't know if that's possible for me. They take the leap and they don't regret it. And that's what's so amazing. And so if you want to learn more about You on Fire, you can do that by going to summerinandin.com forward slash You on Fire. You can find out what's included there and get on the wait list to hear about when enrollment is going to open next. I would love to do this with you. It's really such an honor for me to be your coach and to be the coach of the women who are here today to tell their stories. It's like the impact goes so far beyond just, you know, you feeling better in your body. It's the impact that you then have on other people in your life. The first two people that I'm going to be speaking to today, both have daughters. And it's like so amazing to me to know that they are, you know, passing on this new belief system to their daughters. You know, I think we've all kind of inherited the legacy of diet culture from our parents in some way, most of us, the majority of us, if you haven't, that's great, but you probably inherited it from our culture. But in order to really change this culture, we have to start breaking these generational cycles and leaving a different legacy behind. And it starts with doing that work for ourselves. And there's no going back. Once you're on this path, like it just, there's no going back. It's not like a diet where you're on and off it. It's just, you're on this new trajectory now. And I know that we can change the culture this way. And when we can see how much we've been brainwashed and how much time and energy that really takes away from us living our life, it can galvanize us to say like, you know what? I don't want to do that anymore. And it can help us to just lead a life that is free of all that crap. And it's amazing what can happen in three months or six months or, and then two years down the road, if you take this leap and really work on feeling better in your body and just knowing that you're good enough, regardless of how you look. And that's really why I love sharing these stories. They're just examples of how it's possible to go from 
this horrid place of letting food and your body occupy all your thoughts and emotions to really just not thinking about it much anymore and living your life unapologetically and being a badass. And so I invite you to check out You on Fire. And I've been doing these spotlight episodes for several years now. There's so many of them on my YouTube channel. There's lots of them in the archives of You on Fire episodes 134, 164, 199, 176. I can link to all of those in the show notes if you want to listen to more stories. These are always like really downloaded episodes. So that's why I love doing them too. So let's get started with this episode. The first person that you're going to hear from today is Lorelai. Lorelai is a mom of a 14 month old girl. And she was kind of caught in this trap of like always wanting to be smaller and had struggled with an eating disorder and it healed her relationship with food. But still felt like there was this big piece of the puzzle missing as it related to her body image and the way she felt in her body. And what I love about Lorelai is she talks about how, you know, things aren't perfect now, but that's so much better than it was before. And I'm excited for you to hear her story. This is Lorelai Spotlight. Hello, Lorelai. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. And I'm excited for you to share your story. So why don't we start out by you telling everyone just a little bit about yourself, like, you know, who you are, where you live, a little bit of background. Yeah, sure. So I am from a small town in Ontario. It's called Font Hill. It's close to Niagara Falls, Toronto, for those of you that aren't familiar with uh, with Ontario. But uh, yeah, a really small town. And for work, I'm a registered social worker and I am currently doing therapy with teens, young adults, and families. And I absolutely love my work. It's amazing. I own my own private practice and I've been doing that for about a year now. So I opened it, you know, right in the middle of COVID (laughs) and took the leap. And I honestly haven't looked back. It's the best work I've done so far. And yeah, love my clients, love my job. And I also have a daughter. She's 14 months old developing all that little attitude that they get when they hit toddlerhood. So she's growing super fast and I'm happy with my job and all that. I I have the flexibility to be home with her more. So just kind of worked out. Great. That's so nice. Can you tell everyone a little bit about what your frustrations were with your body before we started working together? Yeah. So I really struggled to accept my body day to day. I was caught in that trap of, you know, always wanting more to be better, to be smaller, to be more fit, to be healthier. And it was this constant cycle of, you know, achieving a goal, feeling that very fleeting sense of satisfaction. And then I was on to the next and nothing ever really stuck. So I always thought with a smaller body that would make me happy, that would meet all of my emotional needs. But in my journey, you know, certainly the opposite was true. It kind of took me farther away from getting to where I wanted to be, which was just to be content and accepting and happy with who I was. So, you know, I'm still working today. I'm still kind of on that journey and I don't think it'll ever end. One of the most insightful things I think you've, I've heard you say, Summer, is, you know, it's not a destination, it's a practice. And so I've really kind of harnessed that and, 
it's just, you know, day by day, take it day by day. And I'm in a much better place than I am now. And so grateful that I've, you know, learned what I have and I'm able to pass that on to people in my life. And, you know, certainly my daughter, when she grows up and she can have a better sense of self and more kind of um, grounded sense of self. Fantastic. And so what made you want to change? Like when you were in that struggle, was there anything that that happened? Or was it kind of just like, you know, now is the time? What made you want to make that change to kind of go off that diet cycle? Yeah, so I had an eating disorder. Oh my gosh, probably years ago now, years ago. And so in that struggle with having an eating disorder, I kind of got to the point where I just you know, I was, I wasn't sleeping. I was super irritable. My hair was falling out. I had all of those symptoms. And I just kind of said to myself, enough is enough. I can't do this anymore. This was supposed to make me happy. This was supposed to give me the life I wanted. And I'm miserable. I hate every moment of every day. And so that for me was kind of the light bulb that went off in my head to start this journey. And so I treated my eating disorder. I recovered from that and I was living an intuitive eating lifestyle. I ended up getting pregnant and, you know, all was well. And then when I had my daughter, I remember so clearly the day I had my daughter, she was born. And then I went into the bathroom and I checked my stomach to see, is it back to where it was before? And so that was another kind of big insight for me because I had thought that, you know, I had you know, overcome this eating disorder. I was good. I was in a better place, but I really had just done one piece of the puzzle to heal my relationship with food. There was the whole, you know, emotional behavioral and psychological piece that I hadn't even really touched. And so at that moment I continued and I, and I found you and I started working more on, you know, not so much the eating and movement piece, but the psychological, emotional, and behavioral piece, which I think is just as if not more important than the other components. And I, I remember very clearly, we didn't know that we were having a girl until the day she was born. And so she was born and I was petrified. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm having, like, we have a girl. This is horrible because, you know, of all the things that I had struggled with. But now I can really say that I'm so happy and I, I'm so excited for her to grow up to really see, you know, how amazing life can be and to not be tied down by this constant desire to make yourself smaller. So I have, yeah, I think out of all of that too came a greater appreciation for just finding out who you are in this journey and then being able to kind of pass that on to her. So I'm not sure if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. It does. I always talk about kind of like, you know, leaving, like changing the legacy or, you know, like leaving a different legacy behind. And I I think it does give you a lot of fuel to do the work for yourself when you have some another human that you're responsible for and you see like it helps you see things from a different perspective i think it totally does and i never really thought you know now that i kind of think about it leading up to the birth i had those thoughts too i was like oh my gosh i just i hope i don't have a girl i hope i don't have a girl you know this world i cannot raise a girl in this world that she can't you know be raised the same way as i was and she can't experience the same things that i did and you know, now it's so like, I'm so, of course, you know, the moment she came out, I fell in love with her, but there was that fear that was looming. And, you know, now it's totally shifted and I'm embracing, like, 
I almost embrace all of the messages we get from society because I'm able to now see them at, in a different way. And I'm aware that, you know, they're made to make us feel insecure. And so I can teach that to her because I have that awareness. I can teach that to her. And that is what makes me really happy. Amazing. I love it. I love it. Did you have any like fears or hesitations before doing this work? Like, was there anything that like kind of, you know, held you back? I think just not necessarily a fear, but whether I could really do it or not. And so I kind of, again, I keep in the back of my mind that this is a practice, not a destination. And so even on the hardest of days, I would just take it moment by moment. And I found it was really helpful for me to just accept where I was on any given day. So even if I accepted that I didn't like where I was at on that day, it was still an element of acceptance versus kind of adding more criticism and expectation and pressure to say, I should be accepting of myself because then that kind of adds another layer of just criticism and unrealistic expectations. So that was really helpful just to find a level of acceptance I could resonate with each day, find a level of self-compassion I could resonate each day with each day, and then just go with that. And then tomorrow is going to be different, but just kind of focus on, you know, what can I believe for myself today and use today? Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So you mentioned something so important there just about, you know, the practice of acceptance and accepting where you're at. Was there anything else, like any other kind of, you know, elements that really helped you move forward? In the program. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the self-compassion and gratitude was really helpful for me and not, you know, not forcing it, but again, because when we force it, it just feels insincere. It just doesn't feel right. And so really kind of finding what fit for me on any given day, listening to that inner wisdom. And the other piece too, is really separating, you know, the thoughts that have been ingrained in my brain that I thought were true. And that I thought would take me towards the life that I wanted separating those from what I truly think at my core and what I believe at my core. And the more that I found I've listened to that inner wisdom and followed that inner wisdom and my intuition, the happier I am. And it's almost just like, it's much easier now. It's, it's more effortless than it was before. I think at the beginning I was really trying to, I really had to kind of do more thinking in the sense of figuring out which thoughts were my own and which thoughts had come from somewhere else. But because there's that feeling associated with each that, you know, the feelings that are associated with my intuition and my inner wisdom feel good. They feel solid. They feel right. That helped me kind of figure out which ones were actually my own and which thoughts I could listen to. And, and, you know, which of those other thoughts that just made me feel stuck and made me feel bad about myself, which thoughts I could kind of separate from in that moment. So that was another really helpful piece from your program as well, in terms of accessing that wisdom and then, you know, noticing those inner critic thoughts and separating from them in the moment. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yes. I love that. I love that. It's such a huge piece of it. And it sounds like you put a lot of work into like, you know, tuning into that and trusting, you know, like being able to, you know, trust your inner wisdom. Cause I know that that was something that, you know, is not always easy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think for so long, we're taught to not trust ourselves. We're taught that when we're hungry, we aren't going to eat. And we're taught that, you know, we can't trust what our body is telling us if we need rest or if, you know, what we need on any given day. And so that 
building that trust back up takes a little bit of time, but you know, that wisdom is always there. You know, I find comfort in knowing that that wisdom is always there. I just have to kind of wait for it to show itself. It never really leaves us. It just kind of gets buried by all those other thoughts. And so if I just let those thoughts pass, let those thoughts settle, that wisdom, it does shine through. And, and, you know, I can find comfort in knowing that it's always there. Amazing. I love that. I love that. So what are some other specific things, if you can think of any, I know you've mentioned a lot of great things already, but just that you've noticed about how you feel in your body since doing the program and working together. Yeah. So I noticed that, you know, I have much less thoughts around being just around my body in general, I guess, even like, you know, liking certain aspects of it or disliking certain aspects. I think just those in general have diminished, you know, there's days certainly where I'm vulnerable and in your program, we talk about this all the time, you know, in the sense that when you're tired, when you're hungry, (laughs) when you're sad or when you're anxious, you know, that inner critic can come back, but just being able to, again, harness that awareness to know, Hey, I'm not doing so great. My inner critic is telling me that I need to go, you know, run for an hour. What do I actually need instead? And so that can help me really just give my body what it needs. And and my body is much happier. I can say my body is, it just feels better. I don't really know. It's, it's hard to describe, but it just kind of feels like neutral. It's like, yeah, we're good. We're just like hanging out here. Amazing. Were there any like highlights for you, like being able to, I don't know, do something or like see a picture of yourself or anything like that, that like stood out as, as being different than it had been in the past? I think that for me, like, I really just have to say the highlights come from having all of those insights along the way. Like it's not this big, you know, I'm trying to describe it, but it's not this big, like grand realization. It's, little things along the way of, you know, seeing someone in public and not comparing yourself to them or seeing a picture of myself. I, this actually, yes, this happened the other day. I I was going through my wedding photos and normally I'd be like, Oh, I look so different. You know, all this stuff that we feel, but I connected with the day versus how I looked. I connected with remembering how I was so happy on that day. And that was, I think a first for me, because normally I would kind of look and compare and get caught up in that. So yeah, stuff like that. Those are big things though. You know, like we talk about them as little things, but those little things accumulate into big, you know, if you're always kind of doing those things, then it's big. And so to have that shift, I think is, it happens kind of subtly. When I talk about this, I, you know, you probably remember me talking about this when we started, it's just the changes happen kind of subtly. They're not like mind blowing, like you said, but they are big changes when you reflect on it to be able to just be yourself and not have that like intense negativity. Like it's emotionally draining to have that all the time. Yeah. And I think because I feel more neutral, those things, they don't seem like that big of a deal because I'm just not really even thinking about that much anymore. So for someone listening who, you know, might be caught up in that, I can absolutely validate that it is a huge thing. And, you know, to add to it, it just feels natural. Like it just feels so natural that it's easier. And, you know, you can just kind of live your life and focus on what's important to you, which was another really important aspect of your program in terms of using your values as your roadmap, as your compass versus achievement or reaching an expectation. So that was another important component too. 
Amazing. Amazing. So how does this all feel for you? Like, what's it like to, you know, be where you are now and have this baggage off of your shoulders? It feels much better. Honestly, I, you know, there are days, of course, where it's harder and I'm not going to say that it's easy all the time, but I can say that I'm having more easier days and more neutral and just fun days than not. So I think that that's a big win. And, you know, it's when I do have those days that are, that are a little bit tougher, if stuff's going on, I can really just use that awareness to look into what's going on underneath that criticism and, and, you know, what's kind of causing that versus getting caught up in listening to those thoughts. So it feels lighter. It feels good. It, it feels freeing. It feels normal. Like this just, I just feel like myself, I can be authentic and it just feels good. That's so great. I mean, it's, you've got like an amazing career that you love. You've got a daughter. Like it, to me, I'm just like, I'm just so thrilled that you get to be present and feel like yourself in that because it's hard when like almost like other aspects of our life are, are so good, but we're really struggling. We don't get to enjoy it to its fullest extent. So it sounds to me like, you know, you're able to like, just live fully in this great life you have. Yeah. And really, I I just want to thank you so much because I think, you know, your program was really able to tie in everything at the beginning of my journey to kind of heal my relationship with food and my body and movement. Your program tied it all together and it just was, that was it for me. So yeah, I really appreciate it. Amazing. I'm so, so grateful. What's one piece of advice that you have to leave everyone with that's listening today? Yeah. So I would just say, take it day by day, wherever you're at on any given day, you can start to kind of accept that and show yourself a little bit of compassion, give yourself some credit. You know, our world is full of messages telling us that we're not good enough, not just with our bodies, but you know, with our job, with our family, with being a parent and you're really doing the best you can. And if you want to change it and you don't feel great about it, then you have the power to do that. You certainly have that strength within you. So just take it day by day and see where you're at. Yeah. I love that. So important. Thank you so much for being here. I really, really appreciate you taking the time. It's like just so lovely to see how far you've come in in a few months and and where you're at in this and like that you're, you know, going to bring this into your work and with your daughter. And it's like, it's just so amazing to know that it will have that ripple effect. And yeah, I'm just, I'm thrilled and really, really grateful that you came into my life. So thank you, Lorelai. Oh, thank you, Summer. Rock on. Love hearing about how, you know, Lorelai was scared when she found out that she had had a girl and how now she's like excited about that because she can change that trajectory and break that cycle and create new beliefs in her that really value who she is. So that just like makes me so excited. I love that. The next person that you're going to hear from is Maria, who also has a daughter. That just happens to be the theme of this episode. Not everyone I work with has kids, but just the theme of this particular one. And I worked with Maria about four years ago. And so it's been a while, but I totally remember our time together. And what's great about catching up with people a few years later is you kind of see the difference that a few years makes. Like once you've started to do this, then you see what happens like a couple of years down the road and you see like how much more this, like you keep going on this trajectory the longer that you're on it and things just keep getting better and better. And so that's really awesome. So that's why I'm super excited to share Maria's story. This is Maria's Spotlight. 
Hello, Maria. Welcome to the show. Hi, Summer. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you. Can you tell everyone just a little bit about who you are, where you live? Yeah, that type of thing. Sure, yeah. So I'm Maria. I'm 43. I live in Surrey, just on the outskirts of London in England, United Kingdom. I live with my husband. I'm happily married. And I've got a daughter who's around three and a half. And I'm looking after her full time at the moment. So I'm not actually working. So yeah, that's just a little bit about me. Yeah. And just for everyone listening, we started working together. You were newly pregnant when you did the program. So it was like, would that be four years? Like probably four years ago, I feel like. So it's been a while, but it's so cool to have this opportunity to catch up with you and hear about your journey. So why don't we start off by having you just tell everyone just a little bit about what your struggles were with your body before we started working together. Yeah. And just quickly before that, I want to say it was such great timing that I did your course while I was pregnant because I hate the idea of having these struggles with a little girl around. So that's really wonderful. Um, In terms of my struggles, they started quite early. So when I reflected upon it, I think I started comfort eating when I used to get home from school because I was kind of happy, free and easy child. But then at a certain age, I just sort of shut down. I suppose I, there were things that I felt I couldn't say and that I was confused about. And I just, I didn't really feel like I had anyone to talk to, even though I had a, a lovely mum. There were just things going on, like my dad had a temper. I suppose I just didn't really feel like I could just be myself and that was safe. So, and my dad had dark skin as well. And there was a little bit of racism, like nothing directed at me, but just kind of maybe racist words and things like that. And it really disturbed me. But for some reason, I didn't feel safe to talk about any of what was going on within me. So I used to get home from school and I found it comforting to eat these bowls of cereal. And so that went on for a while. I was just kind of eating, you know, to comfort myself. And then later, I don't know when that started, maybe eight or nine or something. But then later I began to compare my body with other girls and feel like it wasn't good enough. And it, you know, it was an awful feeling. I remember when I got a bit older, like about 15, my best friend, she kind of conformed to, you know, the ideal, like what models look like. And I felt inferior to her. And so I remember when we went on a holiday together, she would get all the attention from the boys. And I just felt like, oh, well, I'm worthless then. Because at that age, you generally want attention in that way. You want to have fun or whatever. So I decided to do something about it. So I started eating a lot less and I lost a lot of weight. And and people noticed and I got compliments and, and I felt this high. But it wasn't like a happy, relaxed, sort of, you know, peaceful content. It was really kind of driven. I remember going, buying loads of clothes and everything in small sizes. Yay. I was so happy, you know, but I think I was also scared of maintaining it because it was quite hard. And then at some point I couldn't and I started gaining weight and I felt really depressed. And I went abroad when I was 18 and I got so depressed. I was really isolated and I just, I felt like I just couldn't stop eating And I just kept gaining weight. So I had to just keep buying bigger clothes. And yeah, I just really, so this went on. And then later on, 
I started going to Overeaters Anonymous 12-step meetings, which was great in a way because I started expressing myself and I didn't feel so alone. And I have sort of found my voice in those meetings because before that, I, you know, it was all bottled up. So that was wonderful. And I kind of came out of myself, you know, gradually, but I still had this thing that, so, but that it felt like, and I'm not saying this was the message, but it felt like the message was controlled, you know, like stick to a food plan and then you'll be okay. And they didn't, it wasn't like diet culture, but I still had diet culture in my mind in terms of body image. So I thought, well, I almost used that as support for me to maintain a lower weight. And then I got into the groove of doing that. So I kept myself at a relatively low weight for quite a few years. But then what would happen is that I, you know, the food was such a big deal because I was always restricting it. So then I would end up binging. And then I kind of felt miserable about that. And so... Fast forward, because this could go on a while. I just got really fed up with it. I just got fed up with this like binge diet cycle. And also I've got a really lovely husband. And I really enjoyed, you know, my relationship with him. But it would spoil things. Like if we went out for a meal, I'd feel bad if I kind of ate too much or something. And I did eat like quite excessively sometimes because I was restricting. And so it kind of spoiled the evening. And it just sport things like family occasions, you know, it's all about the food. Like, am I going to eat too much? Then I'll feel bad. And then, you know, how's my stomach going to look? Because it's not going to be flat and all that anyway. So it was like this, I still had a lot of good experiences life and I made friends, but it was like this backdrop, like this soundtrack of, you know, not feeling good enough and having this pressure. And I just thought this is a part of me because really it went on from, 30 years because it's quite young in different forms sometimes you know overeating sometimes undereating and all that but it went on for a long time and it just sort of felt like my identity and I couldn't really see beyond it because I saw the way I saw things and I didn't realize there was another way to see anything so it was like it was depressing it's like a depressing way to look at life that you have to look a certain way and as you get older you're just going to get further and further away from that great you know how depressing and but that was the way I saw that's the way I saw it yeah with my husband as well sometimes I feel bad about my body and that would bring a downer on situations and so anyway at some point I decided I did another course actually about eating so and that was I had a kind of insight during that course I'm trying to remember what it was. But was it Isabel's course? Was it that one or no? No, it was uh, Lydia Wente. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And in the second week of that course, it was a lot about body image. And that's what really helped me. In fact, the kind of tools and techniques that Lydia was teaching us, I didn't really do that, but I, I had, I just, so I decided to, I sort of almost asked her the question. So, you know, I'm kind of measuring my food and restricting it. Do you think that's okay? Do you think maybe, maybe I should just do that a little bit less? I was really afraid, like, if I stop restricting, well, then I'll never stop eating and, you know, it's just a disaster and I can't trust myself. But then I thought, why don't I just try it? Try something new. You know, maybe I'm so sick of, that's what really helped me. I just thought, I'm just sick of this. It's so boring the same cycle the same thoughts 
another thing that became a part of the repetition was that I would keep looking for the solution. And that was like tiring as well. Like I was reading lots of self-help books and yeah, so that became part of the cycle as well. And anyway, so I thought, okay, I'll just try it. Let's just eat whatever, you know? And I actually enjoyed that. I think I was ready. And I thought, well, I just, so what? Like if I put on weight, at least it's different. You know, I'm just bored of the same cycles. So anyway, so that really, that helped me. And my mind was a bit open because I just thought, let's just try something different. But then I think the reason why I did your course was because I still had that mentality about the body. And I thought as well, you know, I think I was pregnant, that I didn't want to have this heavy burden having a child. I thought it's difficult enough having a child. You don't want to be worrying about your body and stuff like that. And I still had some concerns around that. You know, what would happen to my body and all that. Fortunately, when I had my daughter, I didn't care. Like, I, I just, like, trying to look after her, you know. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is difficult enough. I'm going to forget about that, deal with that later. But what I'm really glad about is that I didn't feel bad about gaining weight and I wasn't worried about that because I feel really sorry for people who are doing parenting with that on top because parenting is tough. It's amazing, but it's tough. So I think. To have that stress on top is so not nice for people. I feel really bad for them because they're feeling inadequate because they've just had a baby. It's ridiculous. But anyway, so I was really, sorry, I'm waffling a bit. So that's why I did your course. And what did you ask me? I've been talking such I feel like you answered the three questions that I was going to ask you all in one. So it's perfect. You said so many great things there. I feel like your story is going to resonate with so many people just in terms of that struggle. And like, you called it like this background, like this soundtrack. And I just thought I was like, oh my gosh, that's such a good way to put it. Cause that's truly what it is. And you just, I mean, you mentioned so many great things there. So let's kind of talk about the process and like how you got to where you are today. What are some of the things that really helped you move forward and be able to kind of, you know, get rid of or turn the volume down on that soundtrack? So I think one thing that I was really curious, I was really curious about, could it be that there's an alternative way of living that's less depressing and there's less kind of like, you know, these rules. And I think another thing was, so I was curious, like generally, I thought it must be possible. Come on. Human beings have gone to the moon. Can they really not live without this kind of pressure? So that was one thing I thought it must be possible. Let me just find out. Another thing I think was I turned away from, I mean, I, I'm not like on Instagram, maybe I'm a bit too old, but I wasn't really on that, but I turned away from that kind of media. So where it's all about um, looking a certain way, I think that was helpful. Because I think if you're trying to break free from something, if that's all you see, it's quite hard. And I focused on people who didn't really seem affected by this. And I thought, well, what do they know? Or what haven't they learned? I actually used to go uh, briefly, I don't go anymore, but I used to go to Quaker meetings. I don't know if you know Quakers, the Society of Friends. They're like Christians, but they broke away from the main church during the English Civil War. They were because they didn't want to have an intermediary between them and God. And that really appealed to me. So it's all about equality and anyone can stand up and speak and everything. Anyway, quite a few of these people who went to these meetings were very old and I noticed that a lot of them, like, they didn't wear makeup. They didn't seem to do their hair. And I love that. It's like they don't care, right? They're not affected. And it's not that they're rejecting it. They're just not affected. So 
I liked hanging out with them because they were showing me a different experience of life without the brainwashing. And what they cared about was like being kind, helping people. They were interested in nature, art. I thought, wow, this is brilliant, you know. <laughs> so I was with these old people. But that's what that I got from that, that, you know, there's just people who are totally outside of this. And so it's possible. So, yeah, I guess focusing on people. And I looked at a lot of kind of body positive. Actually, I joined Instagram just to look at body positive stuff. Yeah, I looked at those images. And I still had judgment when I looked at them. I had my old brainwashing. But it was good because I was like, oh, so you can do that. You know, you can show your body when it doesn't look like the ideal. And then just gradually over time, I suppose I just fell out of love with that conformity. And um, I just love the feeling of freedom and, and not having the pressure. And I mean, it's a great question. You know, what gets you there? Because that's the magical, mysterious thing, which I would love to be able to give people. But yeah. Well, you mentioned a lot of good things there. And I feel like, because you're pretty active in the Facebook community, like you're super, super supportive and helpful. And I think just like one of the things that I notice about you and the comments that you make is always about really kind of seeing like, the way that society has brainwashed us, like this idea that it's like, you know, and those are not your thoughts and you get to pick, you know, the different belief system and the things that feel authentic to you. And I think just, and you kind of spoke to that just now in terms of, is there another way? Like, and buying out of that conformity. And so, yeah, I really appreciate that about you and the perspectives that you have. Like you have this ability to really kind of See, like, almost like take away all the crap that we've learned from society and like just see kind of things for what they really are. And I think that that's like the beauty of it all. And that's probably what's really helped you. Yeah, definitely. I think that's the other thing is, is seeing that I reflected on, you know, what I value in people like genuinely. And of course, it has nothing to do with how well they conform to certain beauty standards. So I really reflected on that. But well, why do I act like it's so important? And I just, you know, over time, I just saw more and more. It just wasn't important to me. I just learned. I had latched onto that as the way to feel good enough. And I just realized now that we are all good enough. Really, we are. Just by being alive. It's not about what we accomplish in our work or whether we do good things. You know, at our core, we're good enough. And then we just cover it over with these, you know, painful beliefs. But when we drop those, we're fine. That's, that's one thing I really want to say is that like, when I look at my daughter, it's so interesting. I just love the total absence of this brainwashing. So she still doesn't watch any TV or any of that. So she doesn't have those influences. And you can just tell she's not judging her body or anyone else's. And so I think that's so hopeful for people to remember is that this is something we learn. But because it's really subtle and it's all the time, you know, she's probably starting to be exposed to this, but she hasn't really taken it in yet. But anyway, because it takes a long time and it's very subtle, we don't realize we're learning it. But essentially, if she's going to have body image problems, it's going to be taught to her, which is really sad. But it is also hopeful because what we learn, we can unlearn and we can see through. We can, you know, chuck out that belief, essentially. 
And that's just so exciting. That's the other thing I wanted to say, as I feel like some people feel like recovery is depressing because what it means is they have to put up, they have to stop dieting, then they might gain weight and they have to put up with feeling inferior. But that is not my experience at all because I don't judge bodies now on a hierarchy. Bodies just are, is not better, not worse, just different. However you are in this moment is absolutely fine. And when you see that, it's really easy and recovery is just magical, especially if like me, you've been suffering for 30 years or so. It's like the novelty doesn't really wear off. It's just still fantastic to be free of this. Amazing. Your daughter is so lucky to have you. I'm hearing you speak and I'm like, this is so amazing. How does it feel now? How does it feel to be in this place and to not have this struggle anymore? It's brilliant. It's wonderful. Like I was saying before, things like the family gatherings, going out for meals, being with my husband. It's just like a weight off my mind. Maybe that's the wrong phrase, but yeah, it's a stress that's gone and everything is easier. I still have obviously struggles in life, but at least I don't have that extra pressure because if you have to eat every day, you don't want that to be a stress. It's just too much. So yeah, it's absolutely wonderful. I'm so grateful. And I hope everyone feels that relief as well because it's such a burden to carry. And it's, it's so silly, really. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. You've come such a long way. Like, cause I do, I remember us on the coaching calls, which is weird. Cause I don't remember like what I ate for breakfast, but I remember, <laughs> I remember you. And I remember like how hard it felt at the time. Like I remember you really struggling with, you know, your body and your belly specifically. And I, re- I remember that. And to hear you now, it's like, who is this person? Like, it's like, what? And so it's just, it's really amazing. It shows how powerful this is. And obviously like you're kind of four years debt, like from when you kind of started with us together. And I know you kind of started a little bit before that, but it's just phenomenal to show like the trajectory of how this evolves, you know, and you're just this incredible role model for what's possible. And I'm just, I'm so grateful that you were here today to share that. Yeah, I hope it's helpful to someone. Yeah. What's one piece of advice that you have to leave people with who are listening? I would say if you have really strong negative feelings about your body, don't misinterpret that into thinking that that means there's something you need to pay attention to or that there's truth in that. Because I think I thought because I felt so down about it and because I I focused on it so much, I think I misunderstood that and thought, well, it must be true that. I don't look right because I had really strong feelings about it. So I just say, be open to the fact that, yes, they're very strong feelings, but they can sort of change very, very quickly or they can take a long time. It doesn't matter, but it's based on a misunderstanding and just be aware, but just briefly, you know, like my, I wasn't like criticized much about my parents, but I picked up the message subtly So it was like all the adoration and adulation of people who looked a certain way. And it just really felt like truth. It just really felt like truth that they were better, that looked better. And just, I would just say, if you can be open to the possibility that you're totally wrong, that it's not better and that what you kind of could imagine beyond your wildest dreams is true, which is that your, you know, your body is amazing and you're worth 
isn't dependent upon that, isn't contingent upon that. And neither is your happiness. You know, your happiness and your feelings of well-being, they don't come from your size. It's just not possible for that to be that way. So, yeah, that's what I would say. I love it. You have such a great way with talking about this. I'm like, you need your own podcast or something. Like, you need to be like a motivational speaker. You're amazing. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to be here today. Thank you so much, Maria. It was like wonderful, absolutely wonderful to catch up with you and hear where you are today and just hear you living your life and yeah, just in such a great space and helping others to feel the same way too. So thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. And I think what you're doing is really fantastic, supporting people to get to freedom. So thank you very much too from me. You're welcome. Rock on. Maria has such incredible perspectives on all this. Like I love, I love the way she frames things up. Like I love how she speaks about these things. Like I, I mentioned like how I really appreciate her comments in, in the Facebook community because they are always so helpful just to, you know, think about things in a different way. So I'm so glad that you got a chance to kind of hear her voice and be in her presence. And I'm sure you can relate to so much of what she said just about being kind of like trapped in this cycle for decades. And it's incredible to see where she is now. That's a wrap on part one of the Spotlight series. There is another part to this where you're going to be meeting two other people coming up real soon. Thank you so much for being here today. As I said, you can find all the links and resources mentioned in this episode at summerinandin.com forward slash 212. I will be back soon. Thank you so much for listening. Rock on. I'm Summer Inanin, and I want to thank you for listening today. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Summer Inanin. And if you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts, search Eat the Rules, and subscribe, rate, and review this show. I would be so grateful. Until next time, rock on.